Hi, my name is Bobby Jones. This podcast is called Things We Learned Today. I'm joined by my co-host, Samara. We just started recording this podcast. I mean, you could introduce yourself if you wanted. That's okay. okay. You seem like in a role. I'll, you know, I'm here. I'll participate. Uh, you seem like in a role. We started recording this podcast and we started to get to a place that I'm not super comfortable. I'm just not feeling, I'm not feeling podcasty today. I'm not feeling recordy today. But I also just listened to Ira Glass talk about creativity and storytelling and, you know, how to be successful, basically. And one of his things is just do it enough times because it's going to suck a bunch of times and you're going to feel like you're not good enough. And that's okay. Took him eight years to feel like he was good enough. Uh, So here we go. (laughs) That's I, funny. The other reason we stopped recording after like four minutes is uh, I'm feeling like on edge for some reason. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure why. My whole day has been a little grumpy. Uh, so I didn't want to. I want to try and leave that at the door. Fair enough. So. What'd you learn today? <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say the eight years thing with Ira Glass because that brought to mind, um, I guess this was a, a new realization today in which I have been working at my current job for six years. It's been pretty amazing. Like it's been an amazing ride and it's been an amazing journey i think because as a person who is self-taught essentially self-taught with what i do in graphic design you know i don't have a i don't have a degree in graphic design i just have you know a grueling number of years of <laughs> trying things right and seeing what works and doing things that occasionally don't work and then learning from them and you know definitely more the apprenticeship style but i i um I really landed in like this, 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 I should say I landed in the job, but the job kind of landed in my lap really like, um, through just a simple introduction and then a phone interview. And we just started like doing some contract work with this husband and wife team who are fabulous and they're muckety mucks, the network marketing world. They would laugh if they heard me say that they're muckety mucks because they're like super humble people. But, um, but I guess what I mean by muckety mucks is they're influential. They're very effective and influential people. Yeah, muckety muck has a sort of negative connotation, which of course they would not be comfortable with. But and I wouldn't either. Like that's not my intention at all. But yeah. I mean, like you know, they're 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 effective and influential people, and they care a lot about what they do. And um, and I just happened to get. I mean, it was literally like just a series of completely random events that put me in touch with these guys and we started working together and then and more like it just feels like it feels in retrospect like a completely random series of events and the only through line that I can see like besides that we just wanted to keep working with each other is I feel like I kind of got lifted up to this whole other level of activity (laughs) with work What what does that mean? Well, I started, I got back into graphic design and became sort of officially self-employed back in 1998. 
I remember that because that was the first year I filed with the CPA because I was like, you just handle this for me, please. Yeah. <laughs> so around that time, um, I got back into um, doing some graphic design. You know, son was born around 2000, around 2002. It kind of became more my work. For reference, I probably wasn't even legally allowed to work in 1998 <laughs> in the you United States. Bring in the age thing. Yep. Fine. That's okay. I, I'll own it. I'm, you know, happily middle-aged. But, um, but so, you know, but I was, I was doing a lot of work with sole proprietors, um, my my niche was working with small business people who didn't have a lot of tech savvy and I had enough tech savvy to kind of get them to where they wanted to be in terms of online representation, which is, you know, <laughs> this is it's a lot simpler than it is today. But, um, you know, so I was building websites and Dreamweaver and doing, you know, helping them with some very basic marketing tools and 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 things like super super basic but things like business cards and yeah business cards and very light like corporate identity stuff like i didn't even necessarily have the lingo at this point but but i knew enough to help sort of facilitate the beginnings of online presence for people who were not like that was my thing like i could cross that gap with the way i could explain things and make it accessible and and not overwhelming for people that might be more prone it's like math phobes right like math phobia right. i have right. one of my friends is a math teacher who dealt specifically with people with math phobia and you know it's a real thing so maybe it was a little bit of technophobes but so i built a and you know i built a decent little side business doing some web hosting and website design and you know, it was all just, it was all pretty simple. Um, but it was enough to, you know, pay some bills and, and then, um, went back to, went back to work in like hell <laughs> restaurant, yeah. it's hell. <laughs> restaurant middle management, AKA hell. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard being self-employed. Anyone who's listening and and you included know that being self-employed means you're relying on your own efforts to determine whether or not you get a paycheck. And and that can be stressful for a while. And, you know, there were times in my life where I didn't want to have to be in charge of that. Right. So, I'm, I'm about at that same point right now. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I just want to go work and just do work. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's even though it's kind of an illusion that quote-unquote job security is kind of an illusion it's it still satisfies something in my brain anyway that means oh, oh one less thing i don't have to think about everything that goes into the process of putting a paycheck in my hand right right <laughs> i just show up and i clock in like there's you know there have been different at times so coming out of another one of those phases where working you know killing myself with hours and you know, <laughs> contributing to the the failure of my first marriage and everything. There was a lot of stuff going on at that time, but well, get deep and heavy. Like, I know, well, right? Well, go. this is me. This is how I roll. <laughs> um, but basically, right. so somewhere around two thousand eight or nine, two thousand eight or nine. Um, I want to say two thousand eight. 
I got I my father encouraged me to get back. Like he saw I was killing myself with hours and it was terrible. It was like there were times when I was just making ridiculously low amounts of money, still in management position with responsibilities and just shit wages. Like it, it's just how it is. Restaurant management, yeah. man, especially when you're not on the corporate side. Exactly. So, because I always would like to work for moms and mom and pops, I vowed some time ago never to fill out another job application. Like. Years and years ago. And I never did. I just won't do it. I won't. It's demeaning and degrading and I suck on paper does anyway. That, does that include things like resumes? Um, I don't really know. I mean, I think I did maintain a resume at one point. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I've kind of made that same. I guess I've kind of made that same commitment. But now I have to turn in resumes for jobs. As yeah. opposed to like going in and filling out like a generic like tear off the hundred yeah. pieces of paper, you know, like the, it, the like, generic, yeah. like, like blockbuster. Shitty. I think blockbuster was the job application I filled out that I made me vow never to fill another one out. I was like, this <laughs> is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I think I, I think I filled out a blockbuster application once and it's literally like they just, you can just buy them off the shelf. Like yeah. they're not even branded. They're just like, cause I think the blockbuster was a franchise cause you know, blockbuster. Right. Uh, yeah. You just like go to the, office supply store and just, it's just buy like a generic pad of 100 job applications and that's the thing it's generic yeah it's like and i i mean i wouldn't want i i understand that it's one way for this process to happen and people need work and i'm not i'm not denigrating anyone for trying to get work but that whole process of filling out a generic application and trying to summarize the whole of yourself and your experience and your job life and everything that you learned at each of those jobs and, you know, the person that it helped you become like it's 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 a joke. It's a yeah. joke. That's why I I mean, I I it, certainly we're privileged to say like, well, you know, we're 30 something, you know, minimum age here is 31. And, you know, we've gone through the rigmarole of all that and, and we're kind of privileged to be like, I'm, I'm never fit on a job. Like, of course we would if we needed to, but we, sure. we're just blessed that we don't. Um, and yeah, well, I'm again, pretty committed to not doing it. Like I, well, that's what partly why I ended up in restaurant middle management, though, was I had word of mouth, like a friend had a friend who's opening a restaurant and I just went and talked to them. Well, yeah. So that I interviewed. Don't get me wrong. I interviewed. Yeah, I just that, didn't want to fill out an application. That was the big part for me. That was where I was going with it. So thanks for getting there before I did. But, yeah. well, you know, like the application, the, the paper meant nothing because you're right it doesn't it doesn't explain anything about yeah. you it doesn't get across your personality it's so it diminishing all it does is say like i worked at these places for this amount of time and m like maybe i made this much money and this is the person you can call to verify this information right that's it like this is my name this is you know my address yeah. is out of contact There's, me you could turn in those pieces of paper and nobody is ever going to look at the piece of paper or if they do they're just not going to give a shit um yeah, or they get thrown away because your name looks wrong or you're the wrong gender. Or Well, technically, they're not supposed to be thrown away. They have to be kept for oh, some yeah, amount of years. Know, but that doesn't happen. Yeah, whatever. Um, but, you know, the, the point is that, like, every good job you'll ever get, I think, in your entire life, and even some shitty ones, but, like, every good job you ever get is going to be through word of mouth of some kind or another. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so, like, it's important, I think, especially I wish I'd have known that more as a younger person to like building that network of people that can like support you and just be like, Word. hey, you know, I'm looking for a job. And, you know, 10 days later, 
somebody's handing you something that's you know good or bad but it's something right so you're gonna get a job and sometimes it's a fucking dream job that you never would have gotten on your own you never would have heard about it you just hear about it through a friend of a friend of a friend usually that's how it goes Um, usually it's not your best friend that uh, tells you in fact there is they've done some studies i don't remember who it was um i can't remember if it was like monster.com or some I i don't remember maybe it was linkedin uh, somebody with a lot of that access to that kind of data right, right. Um, found that it wasn't the people in your innermost circle that would that would score you oh, yeah, the job this. or like not only just the job, but like if you're moving to a place, you know, it's, they're not going to, you know, your mo- innermost circle isn't going to find you or or point you in the direction of the, the best, you know, apartment complexes or you know, places to live or hook you up with any of that stuff. It's always going to be some like acquaintance that you met and just kind of stayed on somewhat good terms with. No, it's so mysterious. This weird alchemy of yeah distance so, and nearness, which is which is I think good in the sense that you know now we have these social networks, which uh, which do kind of facilitate that that sort of relationship that sort of acquaintance relationship you sort of you know you you're in each other's spheres a little bit but you're not like up in each other's shit and i think that that may be the problem with you know the best friend problem right that that they're not going to point you to the best thing because the thing that makes a good friend doesn't make a good employee necessarily so like you might have your best friend and i've had this happen before where i recommend a, a person for a job or they've recommended me for a job Uh, and they're like really good friend and the job just either like if, if it was me, it felt like the job just sucked or I wasn't good at it or like whatever. And, uh, and then that, that can sour the relationship one, or it can, uh, it can like sour the entire work environment for everybody. And that includes the person that gave the reference. So like you ref, you refer your best friend to a job and they are terrible at it. Oh God. Yeah. Right. Which happens all the fucking time. Like you just, you, you think this guy's a great guy. So whatever. And you refer him over to a job. You you tell your boss, ah, this guy's great. I love him. You know, he's my best friend. I've loved him since I was in third grade or whatever. And the guy just is a terrible worker. Yeah. And you didn't know because you, you know, whatever. But, uh, the acquaintance relationship doesn't have that sort of baggage. That's like, Oh no, this guy's perfect. It's just like, Hey, I know a guy Yeah. that might, you know, he has these certain skills that I've heard about and I saw him on LinkedIn or whatever. We should talk to him. Um, and you know, Facebook groups and professional networking groups are all similar to that. Like they're just sort of, they're, you know, you're, you're never going to find like, I mean, I, I've done a couple of networking groups like BNI and other things like that, which is, a professional networking group for usually like small business owners and entrepreneurs, but also like people who work in corporate jobs, like say mostly salespeople that work in corporate jobs, right. They come there to try and drum up some business. And it's always these like, you know, it's just friend of a friend of a friend that ends up being the right contact for that right, that right time. And, you know, to go back to the Ira glass example, uh, and, you know, this is something that network marketers talk about all the time. If you're not putting in a billion hours of work, you're never going to find the right one. You're never right. going to find that right piece of, like, creative spark or or if it's, like, especially if you're in a creative endeavor, right? You've got to put in a bunch of time and a, just over and over and over, fail and fail and fail. 
he talks about, um, you know, the, this matter of taste. I've heard this, I think I've heard it from him twice. Maybe it was the same thing. Like maybe I watched the same exact right. video set. But it's stuck in your mind. Um, but he talks about, you know, when you start a creative endeavor, especially, you've got good taste and that's why you want to get into it, right? So you want to produce television shows because you like television shows and you you have a certain amount of taste. Certainly to yourself, you have good taste, right? <clears throat> now that's a, you know, there's no objective good taste. <laughs> that's you might, arguable. You but... <laughs> might have really shitty taste objectively, but whatever, right? You You think you've got good taste and you want to produce stuff that's similar to the stuff that you like. Especially starting out, you're never gonna, you're never gonna do it. You're never gonna hit that mark of like, oh wow, I I like this thing. Like it is up to my taste standards. Because you suck, right? <laughs> you have to suck first, right? Um, oh god. And so yeah, <laughs> and so like you're you're gonna like you're gonna produce stuff that you're just like oh fuck. All right, well it's done. I put it out there. And you just got to start the next thing. Oh, yeah. Like over and over and over and over and over and over and over thousands and thousands of times until finally there's there comes a time, you know, after so many, you know, for Ira Glass, it was eight years. For some people, it's only a year, depending on, you know, what you're doing and and your, you know, sort of innate skill, maybe. Right. Might have something to do with it. Um, But mostly it's practice. Right. You there that gap gets bridged and finally you're like hey i made something that is like up to my taste and standards and also your taste and standards may change over time and sure. whatever but like you finally make something that you're like this is really good like, yeah this is sort but of it takes that time yeah it takes that time and then the next thing you make you're like what the fuck i just did the thing that <laughs> well, how could that be how did i do what am I, how well, did i screw up well that actually loops but i'm sorry if you weren't done i was that loops back okay. around to what i when you asked me what does it mean by to you know kind of went to a next level of yeah, yeah of activity and so you know starting out with small potatoes and getting looped into this business where i didn't even find out until a few years into it because i was working with exa- at the executive level that i could officially put like executive consultant on my resume which i thought was hot shit right <laughs> and so anything with the word executive in it is pretty I know sweet. right it I sounds put, great they don't know that i'm just like these are some guys that i met and they're this chick and they're really awesome and we were just kind of we're doing this project together but they're all like these super influential like business hot seat taught like hot what's the word i'm um, movers and shakers, yeah. movers and shakers. And so, you know, the effective, effective is kind of the word that's been like my byword for looking at these, how these guys move through the world. Right. So, so I get looped into this. And so now, like I went from doing these sole proprietorship, working with small business people who, you know, had fairly small set of needs that I could satisfy to working with a team of people who are we're going international. Like yeah. it's technically international because it's the U S and Canada, but now I'm producing things that are like, you know, you know, it, getting put into the hands of, you know, potentially tens of thousands of people. Right. And I've been doing it for six years and you want to talk about the painful, the painfully ugly, <laughs> you know, the we don't look at my portfolio for anything earlier than three years ago. Well, that's I but mean, it that's... was still doing it. Like it was just like it was actually the perfect environment for me to learn in because they're first of all, it's very forgiving. The whole like done is better than perfect. 
Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like that whole thing I learned here working with these guys. And so that and just the enormous volume of projects that mm. we worked on, yeah. everything from, you know, individual web banners to complete rebranding of the entire corporate identity and product packaging. And like, oh, these are Coffee all table books and yeah, and I can't video packaging and product yes, there's packaging been, and, like everything logos yeah. and, you know, merch and swag and like giant banners and gobos. And like, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it runs a gamut and it's super interesting and it's super fast paced. And so I definitely can feel how I've kind of now been after six years, I feel like I've kind of hit a stride with it. Like I've hit that place where I can look back and say, I've learned a lot and I'm in a position now where I'm helping other people by answering questions and like where I'm kind of coordinating and helping like, you know, it's like my, I've earned a position of trust I think at this point and you know they they like what I do enough to keep me (laughs) and they like who I am after like you know many corporate restructures and many like guttings of the interior like yeah well certainly the one the one big reaping that happened when we were really just kind of figuring out who we were and cleaning house and re like re solidifying who we were and everything like that like there was some yeah and i mean it's don't tell them that i'm the only one who telecommutes like they're they're based in dallas and i get to telecommute like that's pretty awesome right that's pretty special and i do not take that for granted at all and I know that there have been times when that was a little bit of a challenge. And so now we're to the point where I can fly out there every once in a while. Like every couple of months, I'll just fly out. And, you know, it's like I have a grown-up job. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's and, so and cool. And what's interesting about your particular grown-up job is it didn't start as a grown-up job. No. It didn't. Not really, at least. It kind of developed. It's sort of, it's sort of like the company that you were working for was also a kid. Yeah, the company <laughs> like teenage, was growing like, and crazy like doing all kinds of like insane stuff and they're growing and and maturing as a company and the ceos and the presidents and you know all the founders and stuff are maturing as people as well and and so it's it's interesting and fun to watch that develop although now i have to watch it from the outside and it is painful Mm. i used to be on the inside and and uh you know used to kind of be along for that ride which i guess i technically still am i get to ride your coattails a little bit and you get to be (laughs) my sugar mama but uh but I'm, you know, now, now I think the the challenge for me, and this is maybe why I'm feeling a little down today, is that I'm just trying to find like an outlet, right, a thing to to do that with your like your niche, your thing. Yeah, your... yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I I like I have all these creative endeavors that I that I've tried over the years, and some have had success, and some have not. And yeah, you know, I've had jobs where. I was sort of the expert, but not like just feeling way out of my depth. And then, you know, that catches up to you, right? Where you, you feel like you're out of your depth and, and I just couldn't learn fast enough Mm -hmm. um, to keep up with the pace. And then, you know, just all this stuff has happened. So I just, uh, yeah, now I'm looking for like the thing, the next thing to do. Um, And I just don't know what it is yet. So I'm just running literally on my feet running that's hard 
I mean, to not, I mean, that's, that's sort of searching. It's not just about looking for a job. It's looking for an identity in some yeah, respect. It's, it's not so much the job. I mean, a job would be great if, if it was a job that I could grow in. Um, and I think that's what it's, that's what it's really about. It's not, I don't need a job. I mean, I, I would, I do I would like to pay some bills and buy some new gear and there's lots of reasons to have a job. Right. Um, not only just like work fulfillment and that sort of sense of accomplishment and doing something, but also like jobs are good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, we're thankful for jobs. You know, we have the freedom and the privilege to, to allow me to not need to go out there and fill out an application. Like you're, not, we're not hurting if you're not filling out fifty. Like you're not having to go out and fill out fifty applications a day or send out hundred resumes a week to just yeah. because we're desperate or right. something. Right, and there are lots of people that that do need to do that stuff, and and you know I've yeah. I've been there. I know how that shit feels. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and we just happen to to really have a lot of privilege here, and and it's, I don't take that for granted at all. Um, I think there's probably days where it feels like I or like where I am taking it for granted and I just have to reality check myself sometimes and think like no one else gets to do this kind of shit. Like no one else gets to just like find themselves in their thirties with X number of debt that I technically carry, right. you know? Um, no one else gets to have a sugar mama that's got a pretty sweet job and that has like connections that will allow us to go on vacation on a million dollar you know 15 million dollar <laughs> resort in june for f- basically for free right well, we, we have, have to we get gotta, our... we gotta request that time slot <laughs> yeah like we just gotta get there um and like no one no one else gets that kind of privilege no one gets that i mean i, I won't say no one but like it's very rare right not very it's many rare. people that it's we know rare. it is really rare um get that sort of like freedom to just be like, you know what, I'm going to take some time and figure out what I want to do next. And it's not even so much what I want to do. It's, it's what, it's what I'm like meant to do next. I know your purpose and your calling. Yeah. Like I could, yeah, I mean, that sounds gift. so fucking middle-class white person. Oh, I want a purpose and I want a calling, but like well, to some extent it's true. Like I've gone through a lot of this stuff where like years and years and years have been spent doing all kinds of stuff. And nothing seems to stick as like the thing to do. Producing some kind of creative work usually is interesting and fun uh, and could certainly, I I could see it turning into something interesting and like career wise, but man, that is a tough climb um, to do it on your own. And I would, I mean, you know, I've done, I've, as you know, I've, I've put in some applications to some places that I feel like I could get that, uh, collaborate. Like I think collaboration is a big part of, of what I need as part of a job. Right. So it's not so much like this is, this is kind of the problem with what I have been doing as a sort of social media coordinator, expert, consultant, whatever is it's, it's very rarely collaborative. It's very often like the, I, I go to a company or I go to a, a small business owner and they're like, what do we do? And I have to just kind of tell them right. rather than sitting down and being like, okay, what can we do together? Like yeah. what, what strengths can you bring to the table that I can then leverage into something that would be interesting? Um, because, you know, social media, it's about interest in stories and people and, and 
yeah. the, the problem is that you can't tell those stories if you can't, if you don't get them. Uh, and a lot of the clients that I've, and maybe it's just like caliber of client or, or whatever. Um, and, and I got to do this just a little bit with evolve, um, is that you get to start telling stories and you get to start like highlighting good things about people and, right. you know, it's just it, that, that part is fun. And then there's also like this soul sucking thing of like being self-employed and trying to pay some money and, you know, trying to pay your bills and like, you're just churning out work that doesn't, doesn't serve any, like it doesn't nourish any part of me. I'm just like, ugh, like every, every time I would talk to the client, uh, this is a very specific client. So I don't know if you'll listen to this, but <laughs> like every time I would talk, it was to just them, challenging for you. Yeah. I mean, it still is. I'm technically still, they're still my client, although that's going to be ending fairly soon. <laughs> Like maybe this week. By the way, if you listen to the podcast, yeah. I quit. <laughs> hey, by the way, I'm done being your no person. Uh, well, I and, mean, you know, so it's just it's just hard to like not have somebody that wants to collaborate. They just want you to produce something uh, out of nothing. Like you'll ask them questions and they'll just be like, um, I don't know. What do you think? I'm like, right. I, I asked you, like, what is your like? what is your business about? <laughs> and they're like, um, <laughs> I'm like, don't you have any idea like why you serve people? What is you do? What can well, I see, latch onto and tell? Here's the thing. People don't always know that. Yeah. It's like, fascinating people don't to me. Always know that. And that's the thing. Like we talk about my job and like, there's been so much, like there's been so much that I've experienced and learned and gone through in this job and there have been times where it was incredibly stressful and there were times when I had to face that kind of situation because we literally were creating something out of nothing and but like, you had creatives I mean you, you, you well not creatives you had collaborators you say we not well well I say we partly because that's who I am like I am a person who who considers community to be a defining part of existence yeah so i say we even i say we sometimes when i mean i like i've actually had to train myself out of that because because you know so so when when i say we there's definitely like the we the people that were working together and and there were times when it was just like figure it out just figure it out this is what we need and and yeah. um you know we trust you just come up with something and I, I feel like that's I what, adapt, but that's the thing. I adapted. Like yeah. so learning and growing and and adapting, I think if anything, if I can take credit for anything in this whole process is tenacity. Like the the whole like I don't know whether it's I have this gift for sniffing out potential or if I have this like the recognizing something good and just like bulldogging it <laughs> right but I for whatever reason I felt the yesness of the situation and even through the hardest times like like the hardest most stressful times there was something that kept me going there's sure. something that kept me going and 
you know, it, you were there for some of those times when it was just like not easy. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> I'm I wasn't looking sure. over your shoulder telling you to run fast <laughs> and far. But, but when it came down to it, there was a we aspect to it that went beyond just the business. Like, like these, that's the thing about, about this whole thing that I've learned about network marketing is when it's done well, like these guys are doing it, it really is about building relationships. So, you know, when you build a relationship with someone, it isn't just necessarily about the work that you're doing together. It's about the people that you are together. Right. And the work is just the thing that you're doing. And so it's like, I don't know if that's just that I've had, had faith in that all along or had faith in the people that I was working with. And there were times when I was just like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know what's going to happen. But we made it through. And so that whole concept of grit, like they they really, um, what was it? There was that TED Talk that talked about that they, they sort of determined the defining factor in success was grit. It wasn't yeah. intelligence. It wasn't right. education. It wasn't background. It wasn't you know, class even, it wasn't like all these things that we might, we might say, oh, that person had better opportunities or that person had blah, blah, blah. It's grit. Yeah. And so, and so I'm grateful to have had an experience in which I could, I mean, you talk about riding my coattails. Well, I feel like I'm riding their coattails. Sure. <laughs> and I'm just like, and there, and here I am. I've been, and I have been lifted up because I grabbed on and hung on. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, that, so that I think the difference between what I was talking about and what you're talking about, and maybe it's the same, I don't know. Oh, we're wandering and circling too. Yeah. Yeah. But do tell me, do, do say, um, is that, uh, there was a collaborative effort being made, right? So yeah, they would come to you and be like, make something, but like you were part of the team, you were not doing all of it. Right. So like there were other people like with dealing with money things and sponsorships and what, you know, like making deals and creating relationships and doing stuff, a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. That yeah, you I was definitely you, a cog in that machine. Yeah, that you'll like never even know about. But uh, so the difference between that experience, which I would find very rewarding and in fact did find very rewarding when I was part of it versus what I have been doing now is that I'm not a cog in the machine. I'm like the only thing that they got. Oh yeah. Right. So they're like, Hey, we need everything. And yeah. we don't have, not only do we not have any idea what we're doing, but we're not even going to like equip you with any of the information that you might need to figure out what it is that we need to be doing. So they're like, yeah, they like, they don't, I think that, I think there's a, distinct difference between where I have been for the last since whatever it is what is it April almost May now so four or five months um, versus where you were for six years or something which is like every time I'm working with a client I'm like okay well let's find let's find the niche Let's find the thing. Let's let's focus on. Let's find the thing to focus on. And no one is giving me that focus. Uh, no one is even like. It doesn't feel like a collaborative effort. I think that's the big problem, right? It doesn't feel like a collaborative effort, because I am all about working collaboratively with other people, who are creative or like 
gear nerds or like they're just like they have a thing that they're good at and we can fit together and make it a thing right it's why i directed a show at a theater um you know i directed hamlet and you you were my co-director um like i took the script of hamlet and i like cut the shit out of it until it was about an hour long yeah it can be a five hour long show so that I cut was it. probably the most impressive thing about that show, by the way, was your editing job. I cut it down to about, um, and, and I didn't, I didn't work. And we had some great performers too. But. Yeah. I didn't work strictly on my, on my own on that cut. Um, I found some other edits online and drew some inspiration from them and then went back to the original script and was like, okay, well, you know, what did they leave out? What did they put in? Whatever. And big deal. Who cares? Right. I, I edited the script. That's not the important part. The important part was getting into the, like once all the script shit was put together, getting into the space, having auditions, finding really creative and cool people to work with, and then letting them do the thing that they're good at so that I didn't have to do that. Right. So as an example, right. I had a great costume designer and I just said, look, I trust you to do what you do best bring me some stuff. I will look at it. And, but like, I, I just kind of trust you to figure it out. Like, this is the vision I kind of have in my head. Let's see if you can like do what you can do. And then, you know, sound lighting set, all that stuff. Um, and then the actors on stage, right. They're like, well, what do we do? And I'm like, you are an actor. I cast you because you have skill to do this thing. So, go do it and we'll edit from there. Like we'll figure it out together. That, that kind of stuff is exciting to me. That kind of stuff is like important to me, that collaborative effort where everyone like has a part in the mix. Now I just feel like I'm the only one that has the part. I'm not working as a team. I I don't have like other employers or employees or like people to bounce creative ideas off of or to go to an expert to be like hey i suck at graphic design can you do some graphic design because you're too damn busy right (laughs) if this was like four years ago and things were going the way they were going and i had a bunch of clients doing social media then maybe we could have collaborated together as as a team and and done something but now it's like you're too busy right you've got to go take off in like 10 minutes to go do the rest of your work for the day. Cause shit's crazy. Like I'm not good at that. I'm not necessarily the best at a bunch of stuff, but like I, I can. You think you're having a mortar problem. I, I had, I think similar, um, had similar, I think I had similar feelings and, and what I kind of realized my role is in the building of any wall. I'm the mortar. Right. I'm not, I'm not what you think of when you think about building a brick wall, you think of bricks and there are people who are bricks and there are people who are mortar and I'm a mortar person. I'm about connecting people to each other and connecting information to people and people to information. And I'm like the wire between nodes is another analogy. And I'm wondering if the same is true of you, but it's hard because like, like, like I said, when it's hard to define the role and the importance of mortar because it's more of a of an invisible asset. I, I could, yeah, I could see, I could see that. I think maybe the the fundamental problem I'm having right now is I don't know if I am a brick or a mortar. Mm. 
you're probably right. My dissatisfaction is being trying to be a brick and not finding, like, not being able to do it. I think there's been something essentially missing from your brickness. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be a brick and I'm not a brick. You're not a brick. So what are you? A dick. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, I wonder about that. Like, I'm kind of reflecting on some of the conversations I... I overheard or like the things that you and I talked about when you were collaborating and I felt like, and I could be misremembering too, or, or having a, a different take on it. But, um, I remember you feeling like there was information that you wanted that you weren't getting, but that from my sort of like tertiary perspective, that didn't necessarily matter to them like they and this was a hard this was a hard hurdle for me at the beginning was they just want to see something like it's easier for them to edit than to create and yet so I had to learn to just create something even if it was wrong right and then edit yeah and I mean, that's, that's the perfectionist problem that I have and and I think that that you have overcome to a large extent right is that Mostly because I had to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I think that that goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, right? Yeah. This Ira Glass thing, which is, it's never going to be perfect. Just start putting it out and, and like, eventually something good will come of it. So, you know, I, yeah, there was definitely some frustration there. Um, <clears throat> and still, I think still is, there's still frustration there that I, I want, I want something different than what I'm getting. But I'm not, I don't know, maybe I'm just like not going out there and getting it. Yeah, I don't know. Introspection. <laughs> so looping back to this whole other layer, this whole other level of activity is is this whole ramping up experience to going from this sole proprietorship interactions to these corporate executive consultant type interactions where there was just I can't even tell you I can't even tell you about I mean you know because you were there and you saw it but like looking back looking back on it I don't I mean I don't know how we did what we did or how we're doing what we're doing I really don't know I know that what I have learned is to operate at Craig speed <laughs> right we've talked we, I think we talked about this even last Possibly the vo the volume. I mean, I had guys who were doing this for a living, like companies, people that you know were were doing the kind of jobs that we were doing. They had a whole teams of people, and they're like, "God, you guys are just like you're produce." I don't know how you do it. You're producing so much. Yeah. And and what they didn't even know was like at the time there was like three of us. Right. There was like a web guy, a video guy, and me, and then like some like some other like we'd get help from a little bit, like people were just pitching in, right? Like everybody was doing a little bit of everything, and we were just like churning and burning. It was it was insane. If you look back, like my my Dropbox now, my my team Dropbox account, and I I came up with a file naming structure to help organize, right? Organize the information. If you, if I were to like just do a search on my initials, in all of the files that included my initials, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty <laughs> it nuts. would be ridiculous. I, I, always, I just find it. I always find it funny. It's probably now. It's more. 
probably now there's more collaborators, but when you, whenever you say like team Dropbox, uh, for like four years, it was your Dropbox. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just where you saved your documents and everyone went to go get the stuff that you produced. Like they, well, no yeah. one else was saving stuff. Well, Justin, what Justin I know. was. There was, there was some. some, there was some, but like for the most part, like you go through there and, and compare like your initials to anyone else's initials yeah. and it's like 10 to one oh, minimum yeah maybe easy. more um yeah it's just ridiculous and so now it's so funny because now i am just i'm accustomed to like you know turn out a 12 page agenda booklet in like a few hours and just like brrr, i'm used to keeping up this pace of like being creative on the fly and also one of so my i guess so i have some natural gifts if we talk about well, you said natural skills before, but I think skills are developed and gifts are, are inherent. So I have a little bit of a gift for organization and a little bit of a gift for like creativity and design. Like, so like, especially the good tasting, I have a little bit of good taste. And anybody can learn that stuff. Um, like, I mean, anything that can be taught can be learned. Well, yeah, they but that's why I say I didn't learn it. I had those things. Those were not things that I learned. Those were things that I had, and the the skills that I learned that I have developed since then are to the refinement and the presentation. Like I'm realizing that I do have a skill for organization and making information flow easily from a page to an eyeball or whatever. Like, like, and especially when they give me like they just give me like a page of specs. We want a agenda booklet. We want page one to do this and two to do this and probably this and you can rearrange them if you need to. Blah blah blah. And so I'll get like you know. 150 words of description and turn it into a 12 page booklet like I just did and and you know it goes through review and revisions and there's tweaking and stuff but like like churn and burn just churn and burn like that's all I know how to do now is churn and burn I'm ruined for any other job sure (laughs) but I think I mean you know to be to be to look at it sort of more objectively maybe on the outside it's like you Yes, absolutely. All that stuff is true. And you've been working with these guys for so long that you can get those, you can get like 10 words from Craig, who you've been working with for eight years, and, well, and know and what really those 10 words are, are saying. Yes, that's where like the learning curve has come in. That's partly where I feel like the six years of experience is. I, I feel more settled yeah. now. You know, you know the culture, that. you know what they want, you know, like, yeah, you, we have you history. Have a, we have yeah, history. you have a, you have a much clearer picture of like what they want before they even ask for stuff. And and I've also earned. I think at this point I have earned the. You know, I mean, I can contribute to that process too. Like I can. Yeah. I can fill in the blanks pretty confidently. Right. So so I guess the the point I was trying to land at is if if suddenly tomorrow like. I mean, you know, obviously, God forbid this, but like tomorrow, Dallas was bombed. Oh, God. Right. That's a terrible. The whole the whole the whole like company goes away uh, and you had to start over with another company. I think it would take another, you know, you'd probably be able to do it a little faster than eight years or whatever. But you have to learn a whole new language and you'd be back to almost square one. You'd have your skills. You'd have the knowledge that you brought as far as like working with the the you know, the platforms that you work with and, you know, all that stuff. But, oh, but the, and the breadth of experience that I have, like, like, I think 
like definitely I hear what you're saying that going back to a square one in terms of learning like the culture and the language but there are things that I have learned that that will stay with me like working with international package design like that is yeah. something that doesn't go away just because a, a job or a situation changes like that's something I mean I think that's why I, that's partly why I'm so grateful is like I I basically just chanced my way into this amazing situation I'm so grateful to the people that kind of helped kind of make that happen and I have learned so much in the last six years that it has it's given me a, just a breadth of experience I couldn't possibly have packed into only six years anywhere else yeah yeah totally yeah because right? it's so damn fast-paced yeah yeah that's true but like, yeah, but it's interesting. And that's, a, and it's the, just interesting too. I think, I think part of the, I think part of the, maybe, maybe it's, maybe that's part of the struggle that I've been having is that I went from being in this sort of, I mean, yeah, it's chaotic. Yeah. Sometimes it feels like you have no fucking clue what's going on or nobody has any idea what's going on. <laughs> just go, we'll try anyway. But the reality is that like, those guys really do know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they're, especially, you know, Craig and Craig and Anne are super good at their at what they do and they're very professional and they're very like they they know what they want and how to like they're so hard working all those guys and and they know how to build a team and they know like they know all this stuff right and they're super good at it and then i go from that to like if like if you went back to to consulting with small business people it would be extremely difficult because the way that that those guys that evolve communicate is extremely good like it feels not so much, but even at their worst, it's so good because you'll be like, okay, well, is that effectiveness piece again? Yeah, exactly. So effective and and so like, just you know, yeah, just efficient and and they have that sort of mentality of like, here's what we want, we trust you to get it done, and you just go do it. They don't micromanage you that often. <laughs> sometimes well, it feels like that. Sometimes there, you know, there's some collaborators that. Well, I think the chaotic, the chaotic aspect is part of what happens when you have people who really are collaborating as a team, and like, so there is a hierarchy at work because it's a corporate structure. So there's a hierarchy of decision making and things like that. But beyond that, <clears throat> excuse me, beyond that, there really is, like people get a voice like people get a voice and they get input and and because there's a lot of people involved it it's going to bring a little chaos but i think that's part of why this whole industry is kind of its own animal like like that chaos is an integral part of the really amazing creative spark and the tight bonds that people form and i think that any good group though is probably going to have that any any group that has like that has enough work to have work all the time yeah um and you know especially when it's some some creative work and a good leader at the helm is can probably feel chaotic right i'm sure and i obviously i've never worked there and uh, he's dead now but you know when steve jobs was head at apple i'm sure there were times where it was just like what in the fuck are we even doing here? <laughs> and it's still, you know, it still got done and it was still like, like everybody kind of still like even 
like when you're trying to try and step back from the picture, you're like, what the fuck are we doing? But every specific person kind of knew, all right, well, this is what I'm doing. Right. And then the guy across the way is like, well, this is what I'm doing. And then theater magic, all of a sudden you got jobs Uh, up on there talking about a new fucking product that nobody had ever heard of. Right. (laughs) Um, In the same way that like, I mean, we call it theater magic in our house because it really is like that. Right. Yeah. Everything comes together. And in theater, you get to there's there's a week you call it hell week. Um, you've gone through, you know, if, if you're in community theater, you've gone through a couple of months of rehearsals and read throughs and people working in the background to pull shit together. And and you get to hell week and sometimes like there's no set built yeah, because the last aren't finished. Yeah, because the last show just closed and they just striked their set. So there's no struck, striked. I think it's struck. Whatever. I, who cares? I know. It's, I don't know. They just tore down their set. So there's no set for your show. There's only like conceptual drawings and maybe like a few painted things out back in like a storage shed. So there's nothing on the stage. There's like no costumes. The, the lighting is all fucked up. There's no sound design. There's nothing. There's no music. There's There's like all you know is like there's some lines and some actors and something else is going to happen. <laughs> And you get to Hell Week and some of those pieces start to fall together because like the stuff that people have been working on independently, like, you know, you as a director, like you kind of have a view on all this stuff. But I relied on my stage manager a lot to just know, like I told her, like, what's the update? How are we doing on this? This like, how's the costumes going? She's like, they're good. I'm like, OK, good. Like, just you deal with that. Right. right. Where's the light? How, who, who's doing lighting? Where are they? Do they have a design? Do they have things? Whatever. Like, you know, how like how are you going to get this prop in the, in the hand of this person? And she's just like, I got that. We're hand, I'm handling it. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool. Like, whatever. And then like all of a sudden Hell Week comes together and it's fucking Thursday night. The show's supposed to open Friday and you still don't have a set. And your costumes are still not quite finished. And oh, you're, I, like, I've maybe, I that, think by by the night before. No, there have been shows. I have like definitely that. had shows where Thursday night there's like there's still like so much shit to get done. Yeah. And you're like, there's no fucking way. There's <laughs> no way we're going to get this shit done before 8 p.m. tomorrow night. Yeah. And then <laughs> the doors open. People walk in and shit is done. And the show goes off without a hitch. Opening night happens. And you're like. What? How the fuck? Did, how the fuck did all that happen? <laughs> like, how did all of that work get done? Yeah, in t- less than twenty four hours, and uh, you know that's that sort of organized chaos. If you have a good leader at the helm, that stuff. I mean, for to be to full disclosure, Hamlet's was show ready two weeks ahead. I think. Yeah, that was uh, our. Yeah, I, was... I I trusted uh, the actors to get their shit done and uh, and they did it. And then I told them, you know, Hell Week was basically like, it's your show now. I'm just going to sit and watch. Like, <laughs> I'm not even going to give notes for a little while. Um, I mean, I gave some notes, but definitely I think Wednesday or Thursday of Hell Week. I don't give any notes. It's yeah. just like, it's your show. If you fuck it up, you fuck it up. It's your show. Um, which is, a, I think... A, especially in in uh community theater a, a rare directorial thing I, i've known directors to give notes up until the last show yeah like the last i did not belong to that school of thought oh man I, that shit annoyed me but um somehow we have filled up an hour 
So do you have anything else to talk about for the next four minutes? Um, I think we pretty much covered it. We covered a lot of territory. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling I... slightly less grumpy, although I still do want a beer. <laughs> it's 11 o'clock and we don't have any beer in the house. I am. And I'm naked. Naked podcast. (laughs) Audio only, baby. Pants are optional. Hashtag no pants. I would like to add that I have or am dressed. Not for long. Brown chicken, brown cows. (laughs) And that's a good place to end it. Okay, good night.